Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Yes, we are back. It is the week 10 recap, one of the weirdest weeks ever topped off by one of the most incredible plays ever with the DeAndre Hopkins get off of me play to the Bills. I, of course, am your host, Tim Petrop. Michael, what's good, bro? Just a, an absurd throw and catch between Murray and Hopkins. Yo, that was that was nuts. I think every single football fan in the world jaw dropped when they saw that happen. I couldn't believe it. Do you know what happened? I saw the touchdown by Diggs. And do you know what's getting lost in all this is the fact that Stephon Diggs made an incredible catch and Josh Allen made an incredible throw that won the game in any other regular scenario in life. One in quotes. One, yes, yes, definitely definitely in quotes. But in any other regular life scenario, they win that game like that. And I was about to eat dinner, so I'm like, ah, this game's over, cool. I could just, like, shut off the TV and just chill until the Sunday night game, and then if, if you know, I'll catch what happened at the end yeah, at another, another time. I made a mistake. What yeah. a fucking asshole I am. <laughs> I can't believe I missed that. I watched yeah, almost that whole game. It was such a good game. Great and game. And, yo, let's be real for a second because people are like, which is more impressive, uh, Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins? Come on, yo. Like, yo, I know. I understand Kyler Murray made a nice throw, but DeAndre Hopkins made one of the best catches of all time. First of all, what the hell are you doing over there? You calling aliens? No, I was getting, I was actually getting a FaceTime from my girlfriend. So I was trying to end the call so that it wouldn't like make noise because it's connected to the, to the computer. And I just kept clicking end and then it like called 911 or some shit. And like that was, I never heard that before. It was like an emergency (laughs) SOS alarm or some shit. Yeah. I better stop. It sounded like it was like, what? What? (laughs) Um, anyway. Uh yeah, I, I think people who argue which one was better, DeAndre Hopkins catch or um or uh De- or uh, Kyler Murray's throw, I think those are the people that That's I stupid. don't I don't want to spend any time with at at, <laughs> at all. I don't want to spend any time with those people. Just like, appreciate it, yo, because yo, you can't act like a five eight dude on the run, rearing back and throwing a fifty yard perf- perfect ball. You know, is also not super impressive. It's not. It is. You know, but so he didn't go up on three people. That was crazy. Yeah, and Man. grab a football. Did you see the post game press conference from him? It was so funny. Know. He's like, "Yeah, you know, um, they were in good position. They were exactly where they're supposed to be. Now, there's three. There was three people, uh, but it was just a better play by I. <laughs> he didn't even say me. He said I. <laughs> He's like a better play by I." It's true. Like I tweeted it last night too. I was like, the crazy thing is, is that like it was not a defensive breakdown or anything by any means. It was great defense too. It was just an even better catch. And yo, can you imagine, dude? Like yo, we all knew. Like I, I don't think there's anyone from the best analysts to the worst analysts that said this was a good trade for the Texans when they traded DeAndre Hopkins away for for David Johnson. And hilarious. Yo, and you, you just think, like, there's so many divas in the league at playing wide receiver. They're not nearly as good as this dude, and he's not even a diva. 
He he did not say anything bad. He still continues not to say anything bad about the Texans in public. And he's just he's just a a good dude who's like he's also like a social justice warrior. He's a good dude and he's also the best wide receiver in football and you traded him away. Kyler Murray tweeted, I saw earlier today, Kyler Murray tweeted like he went she DeAndre's out there somewhere. <laughs> he's just like, "Oh, throw it to DeAndre. That's it's a good it's a good uh strategy." Um Michael, my team, you, I, my teams went in this week, and I know it was a, it was a weird week. Uh, if you look at the top running backs, within the, those are Devontae Booker and Rex Burkhead. So whenever that happens, you know it's a weird week. Michael, Tim, you did not have a great week, and I just want to I just want to talk about this. I'm sorry for talking about this, but uh, but it's it's special. <laughs> it's soul crushing. <laughs> I had four top fifteen running backs, three top ten on my bench. Naheem Hines, Wayne Gallman, Boston Scott, and Rex Burkhead were all on my bench. Oof. That is, and my team is going to put up, barring Allen Robinson today, around like eighty points. Oh, my home league team. <laughs> Who'd you After start a at running back? Four game winning streak. Who'd you start? I started at Sanders and Bernard. Who could blame you? Yeah, but you, the, you the, made the the, the logical the choices. Was DJ Chark in the flex? That did not work out either. Hmm. A lot. A lot went wrong this week for me and uh <laughs> I mean actually in my I have like six main leagues. I'm gonna go like three and three in them. So not terrible, but even like the ones I'm gonna win in, I'm gonna put up like a hundred points. <laughs> so you're just getting lucky. You got the you got the luck week. It was a crazy week. Crazy week, man. Crazy week. It's funny, my worst teams did did great this week. My best teams did not so good. But I, I ended up I ended up yeah. winning a lot. Also I'm in uh, the league that I, I drafted, like, uh, for my company on, uh, like, Sirius XM against, like, Andy Barron's and others. It's, like, a 14-team fantasy sports association league. I'm 7-2 and two in second place. I'm going to lose by, like, 30 points to the 0-9 team. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's how bad this week was for, like... My team that has been cruising all week. Let's I throw mean, this. Year. Let's throw this thing in the stinker. <laughs> let's let's throw it. Let's let's kick it over to our our man's. I forget his. I always forget his name though. You always remember his name. What's his Bro, name? Donnie H. Donnie man, H. Come man. on. I keep want to call him. I, I want to call him Bill W. I have no. I have no reason why. <laughs> That's like odd. There's no. That's odd. There's no real reason that I want to. I just always. That's the first instinct I have. I have a weird brain, Michael. Let's get into the headlines yeah. though. That's that's a fact. <laughs> Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Mo, Donny H. My guy. I always remember his name. Never forget it. Not once. It's never done it. Never done it. Michael, you always forget his name. It's not right. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> first headline, if you are catching this, um, it will be available a few hours before kickoff. Lamar Miller has been promoted and is going to be on the active roster. It's interesting, you know, because you you don't really have a guy there, right? They they're gonna have Ryan Nell, Cordero Patterson, Artavius Pierce, and Lamar Miller are all going to be are all going to be active, right? We don't know who's gonna get the touches. One thing to note: Bill Lazor took over as the offensive coordinator. Bill Lazor. I'm sorry, not the offensive coordinator. The guy who calls the plays. He was already awesome offensive coordinator. Um, Matt Nagy handed those play calling duties over last week. 
uh, him and Lamar Miller do have a history. It was, it's a long time ago. It was 2014 and 15. So take it with a grain of salt. But Lamar Miller was his leading rusher at that time. So does that mean that Lamar Miller could be back for a one-man show? I think that if you're in a really deep league or a dynasty league and you need someone, I was in that situation. I picked up Lamar Miller. I'm starting him. Luckily, I'm playing someone who who completely shit the bed against me, so it doesn't even matter. Um, but I'm taking a chance. But, you know, it, you know, he might – his floor is zero. Yeah, I mean, I'm also just on the bandwagon. Like, why not just add him to the back of your bench if you need an RB, see if he gets 10-plus carries? I mean, we just saw Alex Collins get 10-plus carries off the practice squad. Like, p- players have been doing this. We saw particularly Salvan, running backs. Alvon Ahmed just had 83% of the work, more than Miles Gaskin even ever had, off the practice squad a couple weeks ago. It's That's the way it's been going with all these injuries and things of that sort. So I, I don't see why you wouldn't add him. And him and Cordell Patterson, I'm most interested in to see who gets most involved. Those are the two guys I'd be adding. Like Because you could drop someone on your bench who sucked or is hurt. Like I have Matt Breida on my bench. But I have all running backs on my bench, as you could tell when I said Hines, Gallman, Burkhead, and Scott were all on my bench. So I picked up Cordell Patterson as a wide receiver because I need a wide receiver for next week. So let's see if he's uh if he's involved. Um yeah. Uh bad news for Drew Brees. Um Drew Brees is dealing with multiple rib fractures on both sides of his chest. And a collapsed lung on his right side. Now, that sounds a lot worse than it is. What they're saying is that he's going to miss two to three games. In is fact, Sean, Sean Payton uh, has not even announced a starting quarterback for next week yet. But you got to assume it's Jameis Winston because that's why he, he got brought in. And you got to assume that Drew Brees is going to miss some time and that two to three weeks is the floor of this thing. Yeah, because he's, uh, he's a forty-one-year-old man. You have to take that into consideration. Yeah, I th- I thought it'd be longer than that. I'd be shocked if it only lasts two weeks or so. Maybe if the Saints start losing or something, and they really need Drew Brees back. But I think famous Jameis. I've stashed famous Jameis on my bench in SFBX the entire year because it's a super flex league. So now I could actually mm. use him. But uh, I think Jameis Winston will be a solid streamer for the time being let's not forget that this guy was a top three quarterback last year top five maybe i'm not exactly sure but definitely top five he just slings the ball around and i don't see why like that would not be the case in new orleans it's not like this is a team that hands it off a million times they like to pass the ball alvin kamara gets like the same amount of receptions as he does rush attempts per game more so i think james so I think Jameis Winston could be a, a very solid streaming option for as long as Breeze is out because they have a very nice schedule as well. Michael, I'm, I'm surprised that you, you kind of took the words out of my mouth. I think this might be an upgrade for the Saints offense in terms of fantasy. Like, I'm not saying that this is going to be good for them. Maybe they turn the ball over more. They're not as smart. They don't meticulate down the field as much. But I think for fantasy, I think Michael Thomas gets a little bit of a boost. I think maybe Emmanuel Sanders might get a little bit of a boost. I think Jared Cook gets a giant boost because Jameis Winston has proven to love his tight ends, particularly in, in the red zone. And I think Alvin Kamara stays the same because you can't boost that guy any any higher. So, like, yeah, yeah so they, you can't boost Alvin Kamara. But I think he stays and, the same. I don't see him getting any less work because there's plays and, designed to go to him. It's not like he's like the – it's not like he's like the 
Like a lot of receiving running backs are the last option dump off on a team. Alvin Kamara is not that. Alvin Kamara, yeah. they three step drop out to Kamara. Three step drop out to Kamara. Like they, he's part of the passing game. Just wanted to put, yeah. put that out there. And MT cannot get any worse at this point, really. Like with the way it's going in New Orleans. So why not see? And this this isn't like a Dak Prescott to Andy Dalton change. Like this isn't a clearly great quarterback being changed for like an older veteran who hasn't been good in years. This is the older veteran being changed for a young turnover prone, but at times very good quarterback. I think Jameis Winston, I, like, I don't think Jameis Winston is done as a starter by any means in the NFL. If someone could figure out how to curb his turnovers a bit, the dude's a passing machine. Like I'm, a, I'm actually a big Jameis Winston fan. So I'm interested to see how it goes in new Orleans uh, without Bruce Arians at the helm, letting him sling the ball all over the place. I will say this too. This might be the perfect opportunity to catch one of your league mates sleeping and trading for Michael Thomas on the low low. Because if someone has Michael Thomas right now, they, they're in one of two places probably. They're probably underperforming because their number one pick didn't play. Or they have a team that's been performing without him. And then they put him in the lineup and he's actually cost them the last couple weeks. Right? So... Either way, feelings are sour towards Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas has coming up Atlanta, who's given up the third most points to wide receivers. Denver, who's given up the eighth most points. Atlanta, again, who's given up the third most points again. When I say Atlanta, I don't have to explain Atlanta. Philly, okay. Kansas City, not so good. But then in championship weekend, Minnesota. And he's getting Jameis Winston, who will probably go downfield more than Drew Brees did. Like... I, I think that this is a time to catch your league mates and, and try and get them to be like, hey, yo, hey, Michael Thomas, like, you you don't need him, you know, and now Drew Brees is hurt, he's going to suck. Like, like put him in, put that in their heads, like, plant that seed, and then go get Michael Thomas. I think that's my uh, that's my advice for right now. I, I, gotta love planting seeds. Gotta love planting seeds. Um, <laughs> Sam Darnold won't play uh, week 11 against the Chargers. Not that that matters Good. for fantasy at all. Good. Let the Jets go uh, 0-16. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm going hard for 0-16, baby. Imagine. Yo, and yo, the fact that Jamal Adams sucks is is great. I will say. I didn't yeah, see this dude, coming. It's hilarious. Like, he's a safety, and everyone's like, look at how many sacks he has, bro. Like, yeah, congratulations. A safety is playing in the box a lot and getting sacks. Congrats. He literally can't do anything else. He's one of the worst cover safeties uh, in the league. I wouldn't say that. He was very good he in coverage last year. He is a terrible cover year. safety. He was good in coverage last about, year, man. I'm talking about this year, man. I, I, I hear He's you. He's been terrible. Uh, this yeah. year's been terrible, but you can't take that away like they knew. He was a good cover safety last year. He was okay. Don't take away his his, his prowess. No, nah, no. Nah, don't, don't, don't talk good about Jamal Adams. He could suck it. <laughs> um... Andy Reid and the Chiefs agree to a contract extension in one of the most no-brainer activities in the history of mankind. Um, there is a chance Drew Locke will not play because of a rib injury, according to his head coach. Um, that would be a big loss, as we saw, for the Broncos options, who have really just disappointed all year. Um, even so with, happens when you don't have a viable quarterback. Right, even with Drew Locke. But now, without Drew Locke, they're just, like, off the radar. It's crazy. Remember when it was, like, earlier in the offseason, there's always crazy things that go on because people need things to talk about. 
when it was like cool to say Drew Locke was going to be like a top 12 quarterback and people started ranking him in like their top 10. That was hilarious. <laughs> that actually happened. I I wasn't ranking him in my top 10, but I, I thought a, a, a nice year could be coming from Drew Locke. He, he has a lot of growing to do. He, he has a lot of growing to do. He's uh he is reckless. Yeah, um, at the moment, he's not looking like a long-term answer by so any means. He's reckless, bro. He's <laughs> this guy is completely like like he needs to get in the, in the study room immediately. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater got undercut a little bit. Uh, considered day to day, definitely want to see Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you know, a guy that the Twins continue to to rake on, even though he continues to produce, bro. This guy's every week. Producing. What, what did he just throw for like 120 yards or some shit? Come on, man. Yeah, but he's putting it in the end zone at least. No. That he's doing. Dude, suck. He's putting it in the end zone. That offense would be so much better with the real quarterback. Uh, this one's sad, man. Andrew Whitworth, uh, everyone's favorite guy. Uh, Place on injured reserve. He tore his MCL and his PCL in his knee. I believe he's 37, 38 years old. I'm not. 39 years old. They just signed him to a three-year, $30 million contract at 39. Um, that might work out to be a good deal for the Whitworth family if uh, this this ends up being a rehab situation because I don't know. I don't know, man. We might have seen Andrew Whitworth play his last snap, and that's sad, dude, because this guy is the man. Yeah, one of the, uh, one of the great linemen of our time. Yeah, and one of the great dudes, like just like an, an awesome guy. Uh, Jordan Howard. He got released after being a healthy scratch. It's interesting to see Jordan Howard's saga possibly end here because I remember a lot of people saying, why draft Zeke when you can get Jalen Ramsey and Jordan Howard like later? Jordan Howard. Right. So I wonder, Cowboys fans, like, well, who would Cowboys fans, now that the, the Jordan Howard saga has, has concluded, now that Zeke has been a pro bowler and now that Jalen Ramsey has been a pro bowler, like Cowboys fans, would you have rather had Jalen Ramsey on your team this whole time, or would you have rather had Zeke? It's an interesting. I would question easily, easily go Ramsey and See, Howard. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's definitely because you have guys about. like Tony Pollard who are producing at a higher clip than Zeke, just sitting behind him because Zeke is making a ridiculous amount of money, and the contract is just beginning. Yeah. Um, the Browns closed their facility on Monday. Player tested positive for COVID-19. This has been happening over the last few weeks, and the NFL protocols have been working. Shout out to them. Um, they've been quarantining the sick people. The sick people have been put away. They keep testing. They they make sure that you, they quarantine the people who have been in close contact with him with the little beeps or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, you know, you can't really say anything. You can't really say, yeah, it's been doing well, so hopefully it continues to go well. Yeah, I mean, it. the NFL at this point, it's like, remember when people were like, oh, the NFL's going to stop playing and shit? That is way in the rearview mirror because COVID, honestly, is just running through these teams, and, like, they don't care. They're just like, all right, you guys. Like, obviously, they're trying, but, like, the people who get it, they're just like, okay, you guys, uh, yeah, next week, come back, and that's it. That's, I like, mean, that's how it's got to be. Yeah, I mean, the league's not shutting down or anything like that. So, I mean, even Brandon Ayuk, like Brandon Ayuk missed, missed two weeks ago. And that, not because he had COVID, because he was in the same wide receiver room as Debo Samuel, who had COVID. So he's like, I'm sorry, you can't play this week. And that's just yeah. how it is. It's, it's well, it was actually Kendrick Bourne, and that ended up being a negative, which is crazy. But our next segment is the segment we saw that coming. And what we didn't see coming is that our 
our like thing is just completely messing up and we don't know what to do. So I'm just going to say it myself. You guys ready? We saw that coming from by the way. I was atrocious. You couldn't do a better job than that? You try. We saw that coming from a mile away. Nah, that was whack. All right, let me try that. We saw that coming from a mile away. I don't know why you're doing it so fast. It doesn't go that fast. You're right. You're right. I'm doing. I'm going a little fast. Let's just just move on. <laughs> All right, uh, Michael. Who is your first saw that coming? Uh, first, Jason. You know he doesn't really do the review pod, so got to show him some love. Well, first, we saw that coming. Mr. J.D. McKissick, who Jason liked a lot this week against Detroit, and holy moly, J.D. McKissick is now one of like 15 players ever to have 14 or more targets back to back weeks. Absolutely absurd. The guy saw 15 targets, caught seven of them for 43 yards. Got a goal line rushing touchdown. Ended with 14 and a half, uh, half PPR points, over 17 points in full PPR. This dude is basically a weekly starter at this point in PPR leagues and a weekly flex in half PPR leagues because with Alex Smith at the helm, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, for sure. You know who else isn't going anywhere? My saw that coming. Antonio Gibson. Hey, um, when you have a Detroit matchup, that that team has been the worst, one of the worst run defenses in the league. You start your players. It's kind of like Ronald Jones, like we mentioned to start Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, although Fournette definitely busted. Ronald Jones went crazy, and that's because Carolina has been giving up yards on the ground all year. So, you know, when you have running backs, because running backs, like we, we were mentioning how these running backs are coming off the practice squad. When you have a running back and you have a running back in a good matchup, like, really pay attention to that. And when you have a running back in a bad matchup, really pay attention to that, too. Particularly with running backs. Except, you know, the, the, the big guys, the Alvin Kamaras and the, and the Derrick Henrys and, and those, those guys. Those guys you don't have to really worry about. But, but like, you know, the, you know, from RB10 down, like, really pay attention because it, it affects running backs a lot. And look at Giovanni Bernard. He's been great. He faced the Steelers. The Steelers have yeah. been shutting down running backs. And Giovanni Bernard is not in that top 10 talent pool. So definitely keep... Keep an eye on that because going forward, you have to learn from your mistakes, right? And a lot of people started, like you made the mistake of starting, although who could have blamed you, honestly, but you made the mistake of starting Giovanni Bernard. So learn from it. Learn from it. Learn, baby, learn. <laughs> Michael, who's your next? Uh, my next we saw that coming is someone I highlighted, highlighted as my sleeper in this week's sleeper bust article, and he ended up being the Biggest uh, point getter of all Rams wide receivers, point and that getter. is Josh Reynolds. Eight receptions, 94 yards on 10 targets against Seattle, the worst passing defense in the league by far. Historically, the worst passing defense ever for opposing wide receivers. That Rams offense is a complete joke right now, in my opinion. Like I, I don't want anything to do with it. They just spread the ball to everyone and anyone. Josh Reynolds has now ran more routes than Robert Woods since week five. Reynolds and Woods both played more snaps than Cup last week. It's a joke how that offense is going, but for this week, if you stream Josh Reynolds, he got you eight receptions and 94 yards. Very nice game and half PPR and full PPR. So enjoy it and do not trust him moving forward. It's interesting how this offense is kind of evolving, and I'm going to talk more about this later, but since you mentioned it, Reynolds 37 routes, Robert Woods 35 routes, Cooper Cup only 29 routes against the Seahawks and we saw this happen kind of 
last season. Yeah. And it's interesting because 22% target share over the past three games as well for Reynolds. And I know, you know, Jason doesn't like using air yards as a predictor, but, air, you know, they exist for a reason. And he leads the team with 327 air yards in the last three games. So, like that, you know, that there he's being targeted out there. Whether it's, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't predict anything. But it does predict usage. I mean, it does show usage. And he's getting used. So, I don't know. It's, it's just a weird thing. It's a weird thing. He has had at least eight targets over the last three weeks, which is just absurd. In each game, that is. My second saw that coming. Second saw that coming. Brandon Ayuk. Wide receiver, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Man, Brandon Ayuk. Do you know what I love most about him? Is this Jimmy G has been atrocious this season, whether it's because of injury, whether because he forgot how to play quarterback. We don't know yet. Uh, but Nick Mullins has been an upgrade and Nick Mullins really likes throwing a Brandon Ayuk 14 targets in his last game. And we had him exploding last game. And unfortunately he didn't have that opportunity because he was put on that COVID list. We we're talking about, we talked about him getting the opportunity, getting these Getting creative ways to get him the ball, particularly in the red zone where they like him. Again, they they likened him. They compared him to Julio Jones. So when you th- think of your guy as a Julio Jones type, he's going to continue getting red zone targets. Seven catches for 75 yards. He also got a rush but didn't, didn't go anywhere. Um, but seven catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I think Brandon Ayuk is here to stay. Um, and that might be even with Debo Samuel back, although I'm not ready to pronounce that yet. But the I way mean, he's Ayuk been has, playing. Yeah, three straight games with over 15 fantasy points, and he's getting a ridiculous. Like, no other San Francisco player, like tight ends included, had more than six targets, and Brandon Ayuk saw 14. Obviously, there was a lot of garbage time mixed in in there because they were trailing to New Orleans for quite a while. But the game was pretty close up until, like, the late third quarter really so yeah i think brandon Ayuk is certainly going to be usable going forward he has some tough matchups though like the rams next uh next week is a ridiculous matchup they've just been locking down excuse me a bye week and then the rams and then buffalo and washington so i do i would uh say be a little cautious here but he should be involved to say if will if that will result in wide receiver two type weeks Going forward, I don't know with the uh, with the schedule they got, but we'll see. His stock is, uh, I mean, he definitely was a good call for this week. Yeah, uh, let's go over to our next segment. It was the surprise, surprise. What happened that we just did not see coming? There was a lot of it this week. Surprise, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> every time I can't, I I always try to get by, and I just can't. AJ Brown, I'm going to start this one off because AJ Brown was a, a giant surprise. And back to Thursday, back to Thursday, yeah. AJ Brown put up an absolute dud. Really, really shat on teams after being so solid for weeks. And Michael, I think it was you who who tweeted this from the Brodo uh, Twitter at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter. By the way, for those who want to follow us on Twitter, BrodoFantasy.com for all of our articles and such. Um, for those who I mean, for you, you tweeted out, or was it Jason? I don't know who it was. It was but, me, yeah. Yeah, since Taylor Lewan, what was the tweet? Uh, since he got hurt, 
um, four weeks ago. They played left tackle, by the way, for the Titans. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has yet to surpass 233 passing yards, I believe it was. So it's definitely been a rough go of things um, offensively as they try to get back to uh, like they cannot replace Tyler Luan's production. And we see what a quality offensive line could do. So it is certainly concerning. Yeah, so AJ Brown, like my surprise for for uh, you know Tanny too, and I mean it was it was wasn't a great matchup, but man, not for nothing though, they did look great on that first drive, and then AJ Brown dropped a would be seventy yard touchdown, and then holy moly, a few plays after that drop seventy yard touchdown, dude, it was like a third and one would have been like another seventy yard touchdown. It was man on the outside, and AJ Brown just absolutely cooked the cornerback ran by him and just put his arm up calling for the ball and golf. I mean, not golf Tannehill just never looked his way and they got the first down, but that's literally two 70 yard touchdowns that AJ Brown could have had last week. And I think that's why he's not in my stock down segment, but he's more in my surprise because I think he'll be back. Uh, Michael, who's Fair your enough. first surprise? My first surprise, like you said, there were a lot to choose from this week, but I had to go with the OG Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards before Gus Edwards was Gus Edwards. Alex Collins. Alex Collins was doing what, for the Ravens, what Gus Edwards is currently doing. Then he, well, when was the last time Alex Collins played like meaningful snaps? It had to be at least a couple years ago. I don't think he really played any meaningful snaps last year. No. He comes off off the practice squad for Seattle with Dallas healthy, with Homer healthy. And he's just the, the main guy there. He gets 11 rushes, 43 yards, a rushing touchdown two targets, puts up double-digit fantasy points. Like, this isn't someone I'm going to be eyeing on the waiver wire or anything with Chris Carson likely to come back next week. Uh, I think they're just trying to be cautious with him, but Seattle is really struggling, actually, with Carson not on the team. Um, Yeah, this was a surprise to me that it was Alex Collins' offense, basically, in that backfield. Yeah, it was, you know, you kind of, he was on the Seahawks in the past familiar with the system you could see it happening but not at that at that stretch so alex collins if you started alex collins kudos to you uh that was a that was a great call uh who would have saw that coming insane sometimes like (laughs) sometimes that's just how how football is like you think a guy's gone and then all of a sudden he's great and then you think a guy's great and all of a sudden he's gone that's football um speaking of which duke johnson holy shit he took a dookie all over everyone look some people are just the bridesmaid and never the bride. You know what I mean? Some people are just like, they are great as the change of pace back. They will dazzle you and make you think that if they got more touches, good things will happen. And then they just don't produce every time they have the opportunity to. And this is really like Duke Johnson. We we blame coaches for, for Duke Johnson is not getting enough touches when the running back in front of him goes you know, goes down. Okay. And Bill O'Brien's an easy guy to, to blame, but at the same time, is there a reason, you know, is it because he's really just can't handle this shit and he just did not handle this shit whatsoever in a game where, you know, it, it, it was designed for running backs to succeed that game and he failed. So. Yeah. But I mean, he also didn't have any receptions. That's going to change moving forward. That, I mean, Deshaun Watson could not like that weather. Again, it was it was like the Browns game from a few weeks back. These weather games 
it's like they're made for the Browns, and the Browns got two of them in a four-week span. Yeah, they should be. It's like the universe is like, yo, we need the Browns to make the playoffs this year because (laughs) that's that's how the Browns are going to win. Like they have a strong run defense, a beatable secondary, a bad passing offense, and a great running game. Literally everything you need for games where you can't really pass downfield. Yeah. So, yeah. But my second, um, we saw that coming. This guy is not just a single guy. It's a whole team. It's the Eagles passing offense. I mean, excuse me, not we saw that coming. Surprise, surprise. The, what a disgusting performance by Carson Wentz and the whole Eagles pass catching team. 208 passing yards for Wentz. No touchdowns. Travis Fulgham, one catch, eight yards. Jalen Rager, four catches, less than 50 yards. Dallas, Dallas Goddard, four catches, less than 40 yards. Greg Ward had their most receptions of five. Alshon Jeffrey didn't catch a single pass. Miles Sanders was hardly used in the passing game. That Eagles offense, dude, I don't know what's going on, but it's hard to think that Carson Wentz isn't just a bad quarterback at this point. Like, to come out of a bye and play that bad against the New York Giants, and it's mind-boggling to me. That offense is just mind-boggling to me. Like, no matter what, every single time they give the damn ball to Miles Sanders... The dude runs for plus yards. Like, I think he's averaging over six yards per attempt this year as a run, six yards per carry. And it's not like they have this tremendous offensive line. Like, Carson Wentz is being pressured all the time. And they just won't give him the ball 20 times a game. And they don't use, they don't use him in the passing game, dude. Even his two receptions were just, oh, I can't go downfield. Let me dump it off to Miles Sanders. There's just so much wrong with that Eagles offense right now. It's mind-boggling to me, and it was an absolutely atrocious performance. Lose by 10 points to the Giants coming out of bye against a quarterback in Daniel Jones, who has literally never beaten a team not named Washington, is just disgusting. Is that a real fact? That was Daniel Jones's first win against a team not named Washington. Really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. That's uh, yeah, it's quite alarming. Yeah, it's not good. He only beats Wait, Washington. didn't he beat didn't he come back and beat the the Buccaneers in his first ever game? He didn't win that game. He just played well. They didn't win that game? I don't believe or so. Or maybe he wasn't the starter. Maybe as a starter. As a starter. Yeah, maybe he if he did win, then it's as a starter. Either way, as a starter, okay. He's right. never beaten Washington any team other than Washington until this week when they beat Philly. How did we get here? Oh yeah, I was Miles talking about Sanders, the Eagles' really. atrocious offense. <laughs> it really, no one wants to win that division. No one. Everyone always loses every week. But I think we Honestly, also are sleeping on the Giants' defense a little bit. I think the Giants' pass defense is better than we give them credit for. I mean, at this point, the Giants look like the best team to me. Like they look like the best all-around team because their offense is actually playing decently well with Wayne Gallman and Sterling Shepard healthy. Like, Wayne Goldman has been a stud. And then that defense, like you said, has been better than expected. They gave Tom Brady fits as well when they played Tampa. So we'll see. Maybe the Giants make a little run here and sneak into the playoffs at 6-10. and 10. Speaking of Wayne Goldman, let's get into the stock up segment. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at $0.10 cents a share. And by the way, John... Our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. 
I'm going to blow up your spot, Michael. One of your guys is Wayne Gallman for Stock Up. Because I want to tell you that you yep. and Jason made fun of me when I told you that every time Wayne Gallman comes in, he produces. Shout out to Wayne Gallman. I don't know why they they signed Devonta Freeman. Because Wayne Gallman is the truth. Clemson Tiger, what, what? Devonta, yeah, that's right. <laughs> what, what? No, I didn't make fun <laughs> of you. You're saying Goldman yes, you did. is always you you made believe he was like a star whenever he's What did the you chance, just say? Let me let me ask you he's a question. Been what did a you fantasy stud? Thank you. That's all I want. What did, that, what he keeps that? finding the end zone over and over and over and look this is four straight games now. Double digit fantasy points. Finding the end zone. Now topped off 18 and a half for Philly. Unfortunately a bye week this week, but Devontae Freeman is on IR so against Cincinnati upon his return He's going to be a top 20 running back probably. And yes, he, he just continues to be like that offense. We keep saying it since Sterling Shepard has returned and they're actually able to run that offense and Evan Ingram's role has expanded. That offense looks a lot better. And Wayne Gallman has been the guy there. Alfred Morris is stealing some work, but it's clearly Wayne Gallman's backfield and he's the goal line guy. And they just continue to get to the goal line and just give it to Wayne Gallman. And the dude soared over the defensive line for his first touchdown this week. That was a very nice play by Gallman. But, uh, yeah, this is someone that when you added him, you were thinking maybe you have him for one week. If Freeman's hurt, he's expected back. And now the and now uh, Devontae Freeman has a setback. And now you got Gallman for at least another week, maybe two. We don't know how long Freeman's going to be out. It's not like he's a young guy with fresh legs, especially like tweaking himself, trying to come back from an injury, now another injury. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play another snap this year. Maybe I'm just being a optimistic Wayne Gallman rosterer, but time will tell. Wayne Gallman is looking like a guy that uh, you're very happy that you picked up, and his stock is certainly rising because he's at least a solid flex play moving forward in every game. Well, I could not agree with you more, and what I have to say about that is a facts of a facts. Um, another fact is that these Steelers wide receivers, all three of them are my next stock up because – we said that most likely you would have to have uh, one of these guys is going to probably bust and the other two are going to do well. You're just going to have to ride the wave and see which one it's going to be today. And then a game like this happens where all three wide receivers are in wide receiver one territory this week. And I think there's a lot of factors. Number one, Chase Claypool is electric. Number two, Deontay Johnson is electric. Number three, Juju Smith-Schuster is electric. These guys are fucking good. They're always open. And Ben Roethlisberger loves throwing the ball. And I'm going to talk about this later, but they're, they've completely forgot about running, and there's literally no reason for Eric Ebron to be on the field because they're never at, at the five because they're always scoring from 10 or more out with these wide receivers. And they're just striking. Big time strikes, and I—I I mean, these wide receivers. It, it could be the case where all three of them are money plays, and no one busts, and that it's actually the running back again, who I'm going to talk about later, and Ebron who gets left behind. I don't think this is just a one-trick pony like we've seen this before. So, I stock up for all these guys because when you have three wide receivers on the same team, all wide receiver ones for the week, Crazy. something special is going on. Yeah, I had the fun um, 
fun matchup this week going up against Juju and Chase Claypool at the same time. I was hyped halfway <laughs> through the game because they weren't doing anything and Deontay Johnson had the touchdown and the big catches and then they went off in the second half. But I agree with you, man. Ever since, like, I love Juju. I've been, like, one of his biggest fans. It, last year, I was drafting him, like, super high and then Big Ben got hurt. And I even lost a little hope after the terrible start fantasy-wise. I was like, this guy is basically useless at this point because he's not seeing any targets and he's just not really a part of that offense. And that's completely changed over the last three or four weeks. And now he's consistently seeing targets and maybe they're not the uh, downfield targets that guys like Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are getting. But it's really hard to argue with 13 targets, nine receptions and 77 yards and back-to-back weeks having three, four weeks now having similar games, even in semi-difficult matchups against Baltimore and then Cincy, whose passing defense has actually been pretty solid this year and last. It's their rushing defense that has been more uh, Swiss cheese, but I don't know what's going on with James Conner either. He's kind of... He does not look like he's anything special We'll talk about at James this Conner point, later. But we'll talk about James Conner later. Gotcha. But uh, I know what that means. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. But yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with you. All three of those guys are like... They just keep producing, so yeah, start them and be happy that you can. Michael, number two, whose stock is Rizong? I don't know Look, what we I'm said anymore. We said it was, yeah, I have no idea what you're saying either. We said it was a wild week this week. Um, one of them was my bust ending as a top three running back. <laughs> Shout out me. Couldn't be more wrong on that one, but that's fantasy football, baby, because in one of the most in one of the more difficult matchups of the year, DeAndre Swift exploded against Washington 16 rushes 81 rushing yards more impressively a team that has allowed less than 150 receiving yards total to running backs this year five targets five receptions 68 yards and a receiving touchdown 23.4 half PPR fantasy points DeAndre Swift absolutely went in and he was named the starter prior to the game and played over 70 percent of snaps and absolutely dominated the snap and touch share in that backfield and guess what he gets Houston, Green Bay, and Tennessee three of the next five weeks. Green Bay and Tennessee in the quarterfinals and semifinals of the playoffs. I ho- We hope you bought low on DeAndre Swift. He was a buy low in our weekly buy low sell high article, and he is looking like he could certainly be a league winner type player for a team that uh, if you're in like fifth or sixth place and you've been just waiting for this to happen and you needed that one guy, well, now you have it. I've been... I've been... I've been saying that I was saying using this word a lot. Electric. It's but, electric. No, 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 no. DeAndre no, no. Swift also looks fucking electric. Like this guy is, he's he's solid and he's fast and he's quick. He's a baller. Yeah, he's a baller. Um, speaking of ballers, T Higgins. He's been balling out, and now it's consistent to the point where since week three, his lowest half point PPR output has been eight point two. Like he is clearly. The go-to guy for Joe Burrow. Nine he's targets. 21 years old. Yeah. It's it's like it's crazy to me because sorry to cut you off, but T. Right. Higgins was one of the one of the rookies. Like I was targeting Justin Jefferson a lot. And uh like I thought Jalen Rager was a good ad, but T. Higgins, I figured like, yo, you got AJ Green there, Tyler Boyd, he's only twenty one years old. It's gonna take some time. For him to be this good this fast is pretty remarkable. Yeah, for sure. And his 
upcoming schedule is pretty mem- remarkable. Now, Washington is not a good matchup next week. With that being said, Washington, Washington's pass defense was exposed a little bit this week. After that, he gets the Giants, Miami, who Miami, although they've been causing turnovers, people have been able to pass on them. And then Dallas, Pittsburgh, Houston to end this to, in the playoffs. Like you're talking about, you're talking about a championship type guy. That's a championship type guy, T. Higgins. Yeah, that's nice. And um, I just want to give a shout out to us because you said in the beginning of the year you didn't see this happening, and that's fair. But I do want to give a a shout out to us in the sense of like, I in I can't remember which week it was. That's why I'm I'm pausing. I think it was week three, week four, week three, week three, week four. Justin Jefferson was coming off a game. Um, T. Higgins was coming off a game and Brandon Ayuk were coming off a game and the only people so far that we've told you to dump your fab on all year was Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins I remember it's pretty funny because I remember it distinctly in my head because I've been a huge Justin Jefferson guy like a huge Justin Jefferson guy like since the draft and everything and then you were higher on Jefferson than I was and I was the one who preferred Higgins. Like, I was saying, yeah, dump all your money on either guy, but I prefer Higgins, and you were saying do it, and you prefer Jefferson, which is pretty funny to me because I've loved Justin Jefferson. But, yeah, I saw the opportunity there in Cincinnati, and he's been he's been ridiculous, yo. Yeah, so uh, shout-out to shout out to Justin Jeff. Who else is a stock up, Mike? Dude, my last stock rising, this is just absurd, and I can't believe I'm saying Hold this. Hold on, before you, before you say anything, by the way, uh, at patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy if you want to listen to our waiver wire show where we gave the advice to pick up those guys. Anyway, go ahead, Michael. Sorry. Do that. Kalen Bullard. <laughs> Dude, Justin Jackson is on IR. Tremaine Pope was active and only played special teams. Absolutely, absolutely absurd. And Joshua Kelly was regular old Joshua Kelly relegated to backup duties. Josh Kelly saw seven rush attempts. 21 rushing yards, not a single target. The Chargers offense absolutely ran through Kalen Balazs. 18 rushes, 68 rushing yards, 6 targets, 5 receptions, 34 yards. He ran the 7th most routes of all running backs in Week 10. He's He was the entire backfield. It was absolutely absurd, and with Justin Jackson on IR, clearly they don't like Kelly anymore. Clearly they don't believe in Trayvon Pope, really. If you go and pick up Kalen Balaj, or if you did go and pick him up prior to this week, you got a guy who's going to be seeing 15-plus touches for some time now. I mean, he's going to get the Jets next week, revenge game. The Bills, New England, all teams that are, like, pretty beatable on the ground. It's just, it's mind-boggling to me because it's Kalen Balaj, but this is a good offense, and if you get a piece of it, why not? Yo, Adam Gase, bro, is the worst coach of all time. There's literally no reason for him to be the coach right now unless they're trying to lose, which is obvious. Yeah. I feel like Joe Douglas, like, he traded Jamal Adams for two firsts. Like, he was clearly trying to tank, so at this point he's just like, screw it. I'm just going to keep Adam Gase here, and Jets fans will love me in a year or two when we have Trevor Lawrence and our team is turned around. Yeah, I mean, he's also, he's gotten rid of everyone. He's got rid of Avery Williamson. He got rid of Steve McClendon. He got rid of uh, a bunch of guys, a bunch of, like, veterans. (laughs) <laughs> just big yeah here go 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 um my last stop running uh he keeps running pierre Desir out there yeah <laughs> <laughs> though honestly honestly the worst cornerback i've ever seen play in real life 
It was crazy because he was pretty decent last year too. Jeez Louise. Um, Nick Chubb is my last stock up. Now, I know what you're saying. What? Uh, how could his stock be up? Because if you had any doubt that Nick Chubb was going to come back and be a great running back, you were bugging. And I contend that Nick Chubb is the best running back in football. Like, in just in terms of being a running back, like classic, like in the classic term running back, running the football, I believe he's the best runner in football. I really do. Watching him is just like next level. And he, I don't, and he, I don't disagree. He cost six points on a smart ass team play that you can't even be mad at him for. He went yeah. out of bounds with the one. It was funny. I was actually reading the athletic again. This is the only like subscription service I've ever subscribed to. It's just, it's great stuff. And I'm, we're not, I'm not even being paid to advertise. It's just great stuff. But, uh, they, they said, I was reading something on it that said like, uh, Kevin Stefanski told Nick Chubb. Don't go in the end zone, even though they were like 60 yards out because he knew there was a chance Nick Chubb would still be able to get to the end zone. And the dude deadass got to the end zone and yeah. stepped out at the one. And when he did it, he looked like a machine. <laughs> he looks Hilarious, like a machine. Yeah. He looks like someone that God dropped in to be a running back, honestly. And, and dude, dude is nice. Not for nothing. And, I, you know, I'm not taking shots at the Patriots here, but I'm going to take shots at the Patriots. Everyone always on draft day. Sucking off the Patriots. Oh, they're so smart. They trade back all the time. They trade back all the time. They're so smart. They get more draft picks, and they give away their first-round picks. Well, here they are with no talent on their team whatsoever. And they also decided that they were going to draft Sony Michelle a pick before Nick Chubb went. And Sony Michelle was Nick Chubb's backup at Georgia. Like... You you just sometimes just thinking you're smarter than everyone backfires. And yeah, that's pretty 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 hilarious. Like that was a brutal brutal mistake. If you're gonna take your running back that high, and what did Chubb go like two or three picks later? Like one, I think one pick later. I think Chubb was the first pick of the second round, and and he was the that's just first pick of the the, the just last being pick of the first round. Just, just being, being too cute. Just being too cute. Just too much. Um, let's go to our stock down because we're six statistic freaks, and we like to end on a bad note. You know it. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. So I, I mentioned already that uh, the difference in snap counts for the Rams wide receivers and... So that's already done. So I don't want to mention that again. But my Rams wide receivers are my stock down. And I don't mean Josh Reynolds. Obviously, his stock is up. I mean, the the guys that you think of when you think of Rams wide receivers, which is Cooper Cup and um, Robert Woods, their stock is down for me because they're not playing as much. They're not. And more importantly, it is very clear that the Los Angeles Rams are a run first team. And they are looking to run the ball and establish the run. And. This is something that I've been saying for a long time. Don't look now, but the best kept secret in, secret in football is all of these young guys, all of them, every single one of them, all of them, all of them have run first offenses, all of them. And everyone thinks that it's a pass league and it's foolish. It's just not true. These Here guys are go. running run first systems. That includes Cliff Kingsbury, who you think, oh, air raid, spread it out, right? Yeah, they no, spread it Arizona out so Kyler run, so Kyler it. Murray can run it. 
That's why they spread Arizona it out. Arizona offense does not count. Yes, it does. Okay. Kyler Murray, no, that's a whole different no, offense. No, it's not. It's because it's, of it's, Kyler Murray. No, because it's built to make him succeed in that way. Like so, it's, you can't just say it's because of Kyler Murray when the offense is built for that. The reason Steelers why they spread everything out. They're pass first. Say it again. Steelers are nine and zero, the only undefeated team. They're pass first. They don't want to be. They have to be. <laughs> and they're not. And they're not a young. They're not a young team. They're veterans. I'm talking about these young up and core. The Kyle Shanahan's of the world. The the McVeighs. The uh, what's his name in in Green Bay. LaFleur. LaFleur. Like all no, these guys, Stefanski, all these year, guys. Dude. It's it's all run first offenses. All of the new minds in football are all run first offenses. And it's no, just gonna continue being that way. They they are. And get, don't get, get and don't get it. fooled by the fact that they have more passes attempted than runs, because that doesn't make them run first. Because their runs set up their passes. We can have like an hour long conversation on this because I do not agree with a single word you're saying. Yeah, because you're stupid. <laughs> so I'm just gonna just put it to the put it to the side. Maybe in you, the off season we'll have a we'll have a patron pod where we discuss uh we we whether have running or passing is smarter. We are, uh, no 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 one's saying that. No, no one's no, saying whether running just, or passing is to, smarter. I just want to don't get a cheap change, shot in. Yeah, don't change the subject. Don't change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's like, what. You talk, you don't try to pull a hook and lateral on me right now. Tell you back. I heard it. Who's your uh, <laughs> who's your stock down? Let's stick with the shit on the Rams theme here. My stock down is Daryl Henderson. This guy scored a touchdown, yes. Still didn't even score double-digit points because he had seven rush attempts for 28 yards. And guess what? Cam Akers led the backfield with 10 rush attempts. Are you kidding me right now? Like, yo. I don't even know what to say. And then Malcolm Brown, of course, the guy that just has been on the Rams forever, and they actually wanted to give him a role this year. Six rush attempts, two touchdowns. Get yo, I'm if you start Henderson, Acres, or Brown by choice going forward, good luck to that. I mean, Henderson touching- is probably still the guy. Like you, he had it's happened seven be- rush attempts. It's happened before. We've seen Henderson get nothing, and then the next game he gets sixteen to twenty carries. But then, like Acres got hurt one time. Look, no, I'm just no, I am not <laughs> starting a single one of them, unless I am absolutely forced to. Wow, that's a big. That's a big. Uh, that's a big. I'm not doing it, man. It's like Ingram, Edwards, and fucking J.K. Dobbins at this point. They're all useless when they're all playing. Oh, that's and a good, they're not going to score. They're hard. not going to score. They're not going to score three rushing touchdowns a game either. For the manager of Daryl Henderson, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow—the one you just gave him to to swallow. I'm going to tell you that. Well, it sucks. Um, we already talked about it. James Conner, uh, 13 carries for 36 yards, just completely ineffective. It's not like he's, you know, it's not like it's a split backfield. Uh, you know, Ian Snell had three carries. Uh, Anthony McFarland didn't see any work. <laughs> Ian Snell, former Pittsburgh that. Pirate, yeah. great. What's his fucking name? What's Benny his? Snell. Benny Snell. Uh, he didn't. You know they. It's it's not a. He just sucks. He's buns. Um, sorry, James. I I respect you as a human, and you'll definitely fuck me up if you see me in person. And what you have had to to go through is respectable and commendable, and I fuck with you on the human level. But right now, you're not a good football player, and it's showing. So it's going to be interesting to see because Snell's not 
hasn't broken through and McFarlane hasn't broken through and he McFarlane's a different type of back in general. So you can't really see him getting the, the boatload. So you gotta wonder where this running game for the Steelers evolves to. Or is it just gonna evolve into a very, very heavy passing attack with Ben Roethlisberger slinging that thing all over the place because you have the talent outside to do so. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Steelers over the the next few weeks. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know what's going on with James Conner, but the dude looks like he cannot play football anymore, and that's not not a good thing. Facts. Especially with Pittsburgh, who, like, honestly, if James Conner continues like this, I wouldn't be surprised if he just starts losing touches because he's been bad. Uh, my second stock falling is another running back who has been just ridiculously bad, and it's not even like his counterpart has done well either. Like people thought maybe he would start losing work to Philip Lindsay because like Lindsay has been running well. But this is now back to back weeks where both Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. I'm talking about Melvin Gordon is my stock down here, but Philip Lindsay could squeeze in here too, maybe just the Broncos backfield. Both of them over the past two weeks have not topped five half PPR fantasy points. Five. Now Drew Locke is dealing with an injury. That offense is just absolutely atrocious. Jeez Louise, is Melvin Gordon a terrible option right now? B-U-S-T. Absolutely. No other way to put it. B-U-S-T. Yeah. It's like you, another guy like Daryl Henderson. Like this is a guy, it's three straight games, less than eight points. I don't know how you trust him going into Miami next week, especially if Drew Locke is out. When he's splitting work with Philip Lindsay too, and Lindsay hasn't even done much better. It's it's been very rough. Um stock is certainly down. That was your last stock down, right, Mike? I got one more, kid. So go again, because I got a special one after this. So you go two two in a row. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got you. The last one to end it off, Leonard Fournette. And look, <clears throat> I'm not gonna take a victory lap here because me and you, both of us on the Wednesday pod, we didn't say start Ronald Jones over Leonard Fournette. But we did both say there's a very high chance that Ronald Jones does score more than Leonard Fournette in this game because he has still been the first guy to get the carries. And that was true this week against Carolina. And he absolutely dominated the touches even after losing a fumble. And he ran for over 190 yards, including a 98-yard touchdown run. Where he showed some speed, bro. He pulled away. And Leonard Fournette was just relegated to backup duties, basically. And Ronald Jones isn't a stock up here because, one, they still have a bye week 13, so that's something you got to deal with. And two, this is clearly just a completely game script-based backfield at this point. Like, they get the Rams next week. If they are down, Leonard Fournette's going to be in the game. And that's just how it's been going. Like, you never know back and forth each week who it's going to be. They're both usable flex options, but Leonard Fournette, either the pipe dream of him being like a weekly viable starter as the main guy in Tampa Bay is just not going to happen. And it's funny, too, because the because Leonard Fournette, you don't think about him as a pass catching back, but he caught 100. I mean, he had 100 targets last week, last year, and that's how he's being used in with the Bucks. He's the pass catching back like there really yeah. isn't. And when he does get his work, it's because Ronald Jones fumbled. And I don't know, maybe Bruce Arians is, is just like, yo, Ronald, like, what the fuck, bro? Like, get you know what? We're not going to lose confidence in you. We have confidence that you can still succeed. Get back out there. And maybe that's what he needed because 
Ronald Jones hasn't gotten many second chances in his career. It's just been one fuck up and then he's done. And it's been like that since before Bruce Arians. So maybe that's the kid just needed some confidence, bro. He's a young kid, you know, like, <laughs> like it's, maybe that's what he needed. Um, I'm going to tell you this right now. My special one's the last one. I mean, my last one's a special one. My special one's the last one. Um, my stock down is for our special guest, Jason. And he can't even defend himself. I love nope, it. Because, oh, oh, the, st- the, the tour of shit talk begins now, and it is going to last until at least Saturday. I'll consider going further than that. <laughs> Yesterday. Because, you know, Jason and I, we play in our home league together. So, obviously, we play in the home league. We also have the Brodo League. And for people at a certain tier on Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy, they get to play with all three of us. They don't just like, get to play with... Because there's also a tier where you get to play with other Brodo, you know... Patrons. Patrons, right? Which are also great leagues. So, we're in that league together. Um, and we're also in another league together for Brodo. Um, another one of those leagues. So, we got two Brodo Leagues... One is a dynasty who's for the the top tier uh, dynasty league, which, by the way, patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy, if you want to get into these things, Um, the dynasty league. And then you got the redraft league. And then you have our home league, the one that we care about the most, the one that we really are passionate about, because everyone's got that one league that just means more than the others. I was facing Jason serendipitously. Who who knew this through all three of these leagues that we have together? And your boy, cha-cha-cha, chopped him down, cha-cha-cha, each league, pla-pla-pla. Hey, yo. Poof, poof, poof. And I'm not just talking uh, by a little bit. Your boy dominated. Dominated. I beat him by over 60 in two leagues. One of the leagues I just squeaked out a victory, but I'm going to act like that was a blowout too. I'm not even going to try to defend Jason. You beat him in all three leagues, and I wish Jason was on here. Oh, don't worry. He's getting it. He would even try to defend himself. He's getting it. He's going to come up with some. He's going to come up with some stupid (laughs) shit like, oh, my team, you know, it's just preparing for the the home stretch here going into the playoffs. I don't want to embarrass the guy. So I'm not going to say what his dynasty team did. Not good. His dynasty team, folks, is not set up for this year to win. I'll say that. Injury plagued. I'll say that. His dynasty team had the worst single game I've ever seen out of a fantasy team in my life. (laughs) I think so. I think it was the worst for me, too. AJ Brown was his best player. Let's put it that way. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. No, his best player, honestly, was his kicker who had nine points. It was, not, it was not a good time for Jason. It was a good time for me, though. So Jason's stock is down. My stock is on the rise, baby. As Fire. always. In our home league, I'm taking, over, I'm taking over the lead for points yet again. You're hopping me in the standings with my loss. I'm too. hopping Michael in the standings. Who Michael hopped me last week when he beat me. Yep. I'm feeling good right now, guys. It's good. Which, which automatically means... I'm going 0 like 12 next week, and I'm scoring hey, 80 points. Michael, where can they find you? At BrotoFF, Mike. You can find me at BrotoFF, Tim. You can find Jason uh, in the loser section. 
Hey-o. And at Brodo FF Jason, I cannot wait for Wednesday. I can't wait. <laughs> I want to see how this conniving, sn- sneaky lawyer gets out of this. <laughs> uh, BrotoFantasy.com for all of our uh, articles. Uh, shout out to our writers and our staff. They are the bomb. Uh, they uh, really, they, they do a great job for us. And they're great fantasy football minds. And they're just cool dudes. We love them. So um, shout out to them. And yeah. Is that it? Should we uh, partybelts.com? That's all. com. Don't forget partybelts.com. Yeah. Uh, partybelts.com is the official championship belt of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. It's highly customizable. It is one size fits all. It is cheap on the wallet, but not on the quality. And it's dope. It has beer holders. You could serve your friends while you serve your friends. Use our promo code BROTO, that's B-R-O-T-O, and get 15% off at checkout, and you're already saving legit like 90% off some of these other belts that are just mad gaudy for no reason. So check them out, partybelts.com. Later. Uh-huh. Later. <laughs>